Apostle Mrs. Leanne Kofi, the founder and general overseer of the Lord's Garden Ministries, a ministry which is focused on bringing back the glory of God into the lives of people who have been battered by the world. She's a healing apostle and ministers powerfully to break people free from demonic oppressions. We believe you'll be blessed as you listen to today's word. Now, today's word. And the Lord put a word in my spirit and uh, the title of my message this morning is Overcoming in Challenging Times. Overcoming in Challenging Times. Amen. Now, the, the theme of our fast is prevailing power. Amen. Prevailing power. To have the strength to overcome, to have the strength and the power to win. Amen. To have mastery over something. Amen. And this is what we are praying for. And why do we need prevailing power? Why do we need that strength to overcome. If there's nothing to overcome, definitely in this world, there's so much that we are faced with. We have good times, we have bad times, and they will come and they will go. But the most important thing is that we have the strength and the ability to overcome. Amen. So I'm talking about overcoming challenging times. Amen. Let me pray. Father, thank you for your word. Let it come forth to strengthen, to edify. My God, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm reading from the book of Job, chapter 5, verse 6 to 17. Job's friend Eliphaz said, Although affliction cometh not forth from the dust, neither the trouble spring out of the ground, yet man is born unto trouble. As the sparks fly upward, I will seek unto God, and unto God will I commit my course, which does great things and unsearchable, marvelous things without number. Who gives rain upon the earth and sends waters upon the field to set on high those that be low, that those who mourn may be exalted to safety. He disappoints the devices of the crafty so that their hands cannot perform their enterprise. He takes the wise in their own craftiness. Counsel of the forward is carried headlong. They meet with darkness in the daytime and grope in the noonday as in the night. But he saves the poor from the sword from their mouth and from the hand of the mighty, so that the poor has hope, and iniquity stoppeth her mouth. Behold, happy is the man whom God corrected. Therefore, do not despise the chastening of the Almighty. Hallelujah. Amen. Job was going through affliction, and his friends came to sit with him, and every one of them had something to say. And this is one of the things that one of his friends said. He said that evil does not come from the soil. And trouble does not spring forth from the earth. But man is born unto trouble. Man is born unto trouble. As surely as sparks of fire go upward, when he likes to cope with, and the fast sparks start, they go upward. He said, as surely as that is, so it is man is born unto trouble. And so if you live in this world and you think that you will never have any trouble or you never want any trouble, then I can say that... Um, um, I don't want to use the word delusional. Amen. But that is it. Because as surely as sparks of fire fly upward, as surely as, you know, the world is the world, we will face challenging times. Because the world is different. We have different times and seasons. And every one of us will have our time, our difficult time, our hard time. And then we'll also have our good times. We'll have our joyful times. Times change. Things happen. Why? Because the, the, uh, 
the fact of trouble is inevitable. Trouble is inevitable in this world. So long as you are alive, there's trouble in the world. Amen. There's trouble in the world. Even in heaven, there was trouble. When Satan rose up and then decided that he will, you know, have a coup against God. There was trouble even in heaven. So if there was trouble in heaven, why do you think there won't be trouble on earth? Even in heaven, which is God's throne, there was trouble. So there's trouble everywhere. Amen. And truly, this world of us, you know, there's so much that we have to contend with. And if you go to the very beginning, in the Garden of Eden, God said to Adam and Eve that there's one tree that they shouldn't eat of. And that tree was called the tree of good and evil. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Amen. So evil and trouble is very present with us. Amen. Why? Because there's an adversary. We have an adversary. What's somebody's an adversary? Someone who's adverse, who's in opposition to all that is good. And the adversary, as a Bible person, is opposed to everything good that God has ordained or created. Amen. All these things, we rejoice in one thing, that Jesus Christ gave himself up for our sins so that he might deliver us from evil. Oh, you didn't hear me right. So that he might deliver us from evil. Amen. So Jesus came to deliver our lives from evil. Amen. But that doesn't remove the fact that there's an adversary. And so Peter says that be sober, be vigilant, because the adversary, your adversary, goes about like a royal lion, seeking whom he may devour. He said that be sober, be clear-minded, be vigilant, be watchful, because Satan goes about in pretense, in deception, like a royal lion, which he's not, because he's a slithering snake, pretending to be a lion. That's pretending to have power, frightening, terrifying you. But in actuality, he's just a slithering stick. That you can take a stick and whack his head. He's not a lion. Amen. That, that is telling you that when troubles come, as big and as terrible as they seem, they have no power over your life. Am I clear this morning? Give the Lord thanks. Amen. And Peter says, whom resist steadfast, resist him steadfastly in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are happening to brethren throughout the whole world. You are not the only person going through one type of problem or the other. You are not the only person with one challenge or that. In fact, if you met somebody and you decide their story, you put your story in your pocket. Hello? I have met people who began their story, and in as terrible as I think certain things that have happened in my life are, I put my issue in my pocket. I've also met people when I opened my mouth and I began to speak. They said, ah, no, no, let me shut up. Eh. Let me be quiet. Because they say, be the BHE. Amen. But every one of us has our issue. The woman with the issue of blood had an issue of blood. But somebody may have an issue of finances. Somebody may not have a blood issue, but may have a heart issue. But we all have one issue or the other at different times and seasons of our lives. Amen. But praise be to God that God is God over all issues. Hallelujah. Oh, thank God that he's God over every issue. Amen. Hallelujah. So we have an adversary who is adverse to everything good that God has for our lives. Therefore, Peter said we should be watchful. We should be clear-minded. 
And allow that clear-mindedness. You see, because the thing is that if you are not clear-minded, you will be deceived. You, you will see things even bigger than they are. You can't even judge right. That's why Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. A mind that is able to make correct judgment where you don't see a duck and say it is a lion. But most of the time, that's how we see our issues. Our issues seem so big. Maybe they are big, but then they are not big before God. And they are not big before the God in you. Amen. Because the spirit of God in you is bigger, is mightier, is stronger than anything out there. Do I have a witness in the house this morning? Hallelujah. So the world is full of evil, number one, because we have an adversary. Secondly, what is my third? Our choices. Our choices bring all kinds of trouble upon us. People don't want to hear the truth. People get offended. If somebody says something to you, they say, well, it's your fault. They'll be very angry because everybody wants to blame somebody. I mean, very few of us will say, yeah, 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 I made a mistake. And it takes a long time for people to come to the fact that they have made a mistake. They'll rather say, oh, it's not my fault. And the person who, who always gets the brunt of our accusation is the devil. The devil made me do it. Often the when you watch some of these um, uh, criminal films and the person has maybe killed 10 people and then they, 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 that's what made you do that? The easy, the easy cop-out is, I don't know, it was the devil. Maybe it was the devil, maybe it wasn't. But if it was the devil, it, you had a choice. Choices. Our choices are so important in life. Amen. We often choose, we sometimes choose the wrong path the wrong way, the wrong people, and we will blame God at the end of it. Say, God, why did you let this happen to me? Did you ask him before you stepped out? God, why did you let this happen to me? I can't believe, God, you just stood there and watched this thing happen. Did you ask God? Did God tell you to? Did you obey or did you disobey? This one, you don't like it. I know you don't like it. But I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. And there's one thing we must understand. That the heart of man, Bible says, is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. Amen. Our heart that is not being regenerated is wicked and deceitful. That's why a two-year-old can lie. I mean, a two-year-old who's just learning how to speak can lie through the teeth. I was, I have one clip, my daughter said me, so funny. A little girl, she got all this makeup on, and her mother says, what have you got on? Then she went, the things that you normally put on. And her mother said, and you have nail varnish, you have eyeshadow, you have lipstick. She said, it's not lipstick, it's lip gloss. <laughs> Two years old, very uppity, with a bad attitude. You know, who taught her that? It's in it. It's in it. One other little girl too said that her babies told her to paint them and to paint the house. So she had you no know, paint all over the Barbie doll, paint all over the chairs. And the father would say, why you say? He said, my Barbie. She said, I should paint her, paint her. And I said, no, no, I can't paint you. And she said, paint me, paint me. And I I, I painted her. He said, okay, I've heard you. Will you do it again? He was saying no. She said, well, I don't know. She might say, paint me, paint me again. That means she had no mind of changing her heart. The heart of man is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. And this is a little girl. Now, can you imagine this thing matured to 22 years? 
And this wickedness and lies matured and attitude matured to 30 or 40 years. It's a big challenge. The choices we make, amen, and our heart, the condition of our heart. God says in Jeremiah 17, 9, to tell you, he said, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? So who does? Then he said, but I, the Lord, I search the heart and I examine secret motives. I give all, their peop- all the people their due rewards. But he knows what is in the heart. Man looks on the outside, but Bible says God looks into the heart. Amen. So when troubles and afflictions are coming, sometimes it is necessary for us to look into our hearts, to examine ourselves. What is my part in this thing? It's all blame your Barbie doll or blame the dog or blame somebody else. Why can't we look in our hearts first? You see, the thing is that we want solution. We just don't want, you know, um, to say we want solution in this 21-day prayer and fast, prevailing power. Our objective is to come to a place of having supremacy over trouble and challenges, to have overcoming power, to overcome all things, including ourselves. You know, if you can overcome yourself, you can overcome everything out there. Most of us, we can't overcome ourselves. We can't overcome our desires. We can't overcome our passions. We can't overcome our attitude. We can't overcome our thoughts. If you can't overcome yourself, who are you going to overcome? What are you going to overcome? So what about prevailing power? You know, we are all geared up for the devil. I'm geared up for him. Wow. But first of all, myself, yourself, ourselves. Bible says, can a man take fire in his bosom and then his clothes not be burnt? No. If we take fire to our bosom, definitely we shall be burnt. Tell them, but don't take fire into your bosom. Tell somebody, don't take fire in your bosom. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, before we came to Christ, Bible says that all of us used to live in a certain way. Paul writing to the church in Ephesus. So we followed the passionate desires of our heart and the inclinations of our sinful nature. You see, by our very nature, he said, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. That's how we used to be. That's how we used to be. But sometimes, you know, we have the tendency of going for a little bit of it. Who has ever gone for a little bit? You are honest. If your hand is up, you are honest. If your hand is down, then you are one of those people. I say, how many of you have ever gone for a little of our passion, our inclinations to our sinful desire? If you have lived, I want to say, I don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Go up. <laughs> Amen. All of us. All of us. And it is the truth. And it's because, as Paul said, there's something that is fighting him. The good that he wants to do, he can't find the strength and the heart to do it. The evil that he doesn't want to do, he rather finds himself doing it. There's a who, who is me, who will deliver me from this body of sin? It's only Jesus Christ who delivers us. Amen. So we are even in a warfare with our own selves. And we are in a warfare with the forces of darkness and evil out there. Amen. And that is why we need prevailing power. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. See, there are so many reasons why challenges and troubles come. But the first and foremost is this. is because we are in this world. This world that we live in is full of trouble, full of evil. Amen. And Jesus, you know, having this in mind, prayed a prayer 
for the believers in his high priestly prayer in John chapter 17. I just, it's a long prayer, so I just read 14 to 16. John 17, 14 to 16. He said, I've given them my word, your word. He was talk, talking to God. And the world hated them because they are not of this world, even as I am not of this world. And I pray not that thou should take them out of this world, but thou should keep them from the evil one. He said, I've prayed for those who I've preached to, those who have believed in my name, those who have accepted the gospel. I've prayed for them. Pardon me. <laughs> but he said that the prayer he prayed for them is not that God should take them out of this world, but they should remain. But God should keep them, that's us, from the evil one. Amen. He said the world will hate us because we are not of this world. In the same way that he is not of this world. Because see, you used to be of this world. But ever since, sorry, I have a cold, so I, I tend to cough and sniffle a bit. <coughs> Pardon me. But ever since we became born again and his spirit came to indwell us, we are not of this world. That is why now you see things differently than how you used to see before. Before you came to Christ, you could sin with impunity. I mean, look somebody in the eye and poke their eye. No problem. But now, if you even feel like doing it, you get a check in your spirit. And that checker is the Holy Spirit who indwells you. Amen. And we are being transformed. We are being renewed. And it's a process. So excuse me if today I saw you and accidentally, as I was going like that, I poked you in the eye. Excuse me. Let's learn to excuse one another because we are all works in progress. I'm a work in progress. You are a work in progress. We are, nobody is perfect. None of us is perfect. None of us. We are being worked into perfection. We are God's workmanship. God is working on us. His word is working on us. The word is coming this morning. And I just told that the, the unregenerated heart is definitely wicked. And you recognize that mm, sometimes I am wicked too. The word is working in us and changing us and transforming us. And that is why we must understand that trouble is bound to come, either from the outside or from within. Amen. But Jesus said this. He said that he has prayed that God should not take us out of this world. Because somebody went to God and said, God, I, I'm tired. I'm tired of all this trouble in my life. I can't take it anymore. God said, okay, then let me call you up. They said, what do you mean? He said, then it's time to die. He said, but I don't want to die. He said, well, that's the whole thing. You either die and come up to me and you're free from the trouble. Or do you want to stay? So I'll stay. And God said, and I'll give you the strength to overcome. This morning, God is telling us that he will give us the strength to overcome whatever challenges that we are going through. Amen. And Jesus said that he's spoken these words to us. Because in this world, so we'll have tribulation. We'll have affliction. We'll be faced with different sorts of things. Today, if it's not your house, it is your car. If it's not your car, it's your son. If it's not your son, it's your daughter. If it's not your daughter, it's your dog. I mean, every day comes with its challenges. I've been telling my mother that, oh, these days, every day something else. Every day something else. But that's how it's always been. And that is how it will always be. But the key is that we must be prepared and we must position ourselves. That no matter the trouble, no matter the challenges that come, we win. Your amen is weak. We win. So our trouble doesn't take us over, but we take over trouble. And that's what we mean when we say prevailing power. 
that trouble will not take you over. It will come, but you will prevail. You will have the upper hand. Amen. You will not be, as I said to you last week, you will not be the nail, you will be the hammer. Amen. You will not be at the wrong end of the stick. You are an overcomer. Praise the Lord. Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. That means take heart. That means be encouraged. That means take strength in your spirit. Be strong in your spirit. Be of good cheer. Why is it I have overcome the world for you? Be of good cheer. Be strong in your spirit. That means overcome the challenges. Because the challenge didn't come to stay. It's a challenge. When two people are in a, a wrestling bout, it's a challenge to see who wins. It doesn't mean that Mr. A has won. It doesn't mean he has won yet. It means that they are groping and grappling. May the best man win. So when your challenge comes, it's the same thing. The trouble has come to grapple with you, to wrestle with you, to, to fight with you. May the best man win. And I'm bold to tell you that you are the best man. Why? Because Christ in you is the hope of glory. As that Jesus in you is the hope of glory. And he's the strength, overcoming strength within you. Amen. Prevailing over challenges. How do we prevail over challenges? The scripture I read to you from Job chapter 5. Really, after I read through, and it's a scripture I love. I said, this is the summation of this topic God has given me. It's a summation. Prevailing over challenges, overcoming challenges in life. This is the summation. The first thing is that he said that trouble does not come from the ground. Neither does it spring forth from the dust. So as surely as sparks of fire fly upward, man is born unto trouble. And he says, therefore to God will I commit my course. So unto God will I commit my course. So when the challenges come, the first thing you do is to commit your cause to commit that issue to God. Because by ourselves, we can do nothing. There's nothing that by your strength, your wisdom, your ability, your connections, you can do something about. You know, there are many things, oh, oh I know somebody, I know God, they will know somebody. But a time will come when everyone you know can't help you. When no one you know can, can help you. There are certain issues in life, nobody can help you. Not the doctor, not the nurse, not the... Bank money, no one can help you. It takes God. Oh, you didn't hear me. There are certain things now, it takes God. There are certain things that you can't even express to somebody else how you feel or what is going on. There are certain things that are too shameful to you to even express to somebody. And so you keep it in there and it is eating you up. But then unto God will I commit my course. Hallelujah. Unto God will I commit my course. So overcoming challenge, the first is commit your course, your ways, and everything happening unto God. You see, God is a righteous judge. At the same time, he's a merciful father. There's nothing in your life that he doesn't know about. All he said, tell me, you come and tell me. You know, sometimes when you're naughty and your father knows you spot it, and they ask you, did you spot the radio? Meanwhile, he knows you spot it. He's just asking you to see why you tell the truth. Commit your cause to God. It doesn't matter what you have done. It doesn't matter what is happening. It doesn't matter the situation that seems so big, so terrible. He said, I'll commit my cause to the Lord. He said, if I were you, that's what the NLT says, 
I will go to God and present my case to him. Commit everything into the hands of the Lord and leave it with him. So our challenge is that we will commit it into his hands. Lord, I commit this issue into your hands. And the next day we will become like Billy. Who knows Billy? <laughs> I've told the story of Billy. Oh, he said he knows Billy. The little boy who went to school and there was a project. <laughs> and they gave everyone seeds that they should put their seed in the jar with the, with the, with the sand and everything, water it. And then let's see whose um, seed germinates first. So they give them these little jars and they go home. And Billy gets up the next morning, looks at the thing, can't see anything germinating. Wonder, is the seed there? Is it really going to germinate? Then he, he sticks his finger and takes the seed out and looks at the seed. And he plants again and waters it. After three days, his seed has not germinated. So they take their project to school and everybody has a little sprout. Billy's doesn't. And teacher said, why don't you have your thing sprouted? I don't know. So, but it should have sprouted by. What did you do? So I kept on taking it out to check it out whether it's coming. And no wonder it didn't sprout. Because he did not allow that seed that he had put in the ground the time to break and to germinate. And that's what we do with our troubles. We commit it into God's hands. Say, God, here, this is my trouble, this is my case. Here, we give it to him. The next day we say, God, give it back to me. I need to chew on it a bit. I need to think on it a bit. I need to see whether, you know, and we do it by saying, oh, I don't even know whether this thing will work. Oh, I don't know whether this thing will work. Your utterances are like Billy's taking the seed out. When you have committed your case <coughs> unto God, leave it with him. I said, leave it with him. And water it with praise. And water it with your faith confession. Just keep on watering with faith, your faith confessions. Water with your faith. Keep it in there. Keep it with him. Stop going back for it. And making calls. Oh, I don't even know what's going to happen to me because this and that. And you've told 10 people. You've brought out that seed out of God's hands 10 times. You've gone for it 10 times. No wonder we don't see breakthrough or we don't see quick answers to prayer because we have committed our cause to God and take it from his hands. We take it often. But then Job said, if I were you, I would present my case to him. And I'm telling you that the first way in overcoming challenges is that after you have committed your way or the challenge to God, leave it with him. Leave it with him. Leave it. He said that he does great and unsearchable things without number. So he gives rain upon the earth and sends waters upon the field. He, he gives so many things to God that he disappoints the devices of the craft so that even their hands cannot perform their enterprise. He said he exalts those who mourn to safety. And he talks about the many things that God, <coughs> sorry, God does. All telling us that God is able to handle every challenge. So he will deliver you from six troubles. So yes, in seven, no evil shall touch you. And so he delivers us from that which is too strong for us. Keep this situation, keep the case in God's hands. Stop going for it. Amen. Seek God and his word. Because God will always have a, 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 a path that he will tell you to go on. That will bring you the victory. David, at a point, Bible said, was greatly distressed. Because he and his men went to war and came back. And the Amalekites had totally robbed them. 
taking everything they had, including their wives and their children. And his men were angry with him. And Bible said they, they thought of, they spoke, they even think they spoke of stoning him, killing him. Because you led us to battle and now look at what has happened. And can you imagine a whole army general suddenly has lost the strength of his henchmen. What is he going to do? And they are blaming him. Say so he was so distressed. And he and the men, they wept until they had no more strength to weep. Men, grown-up men, sitting on the floor and weeping. And they said, we will stone him. But Bible says that he was distressed because the soul of his people were grieved. But, that's a bad day. So, but, first Samuel 30. But, David encouraged himself in the Lord. You see, in the challenges of life, if you are waiting for somebody to encourage you, you'll be waiting a long, long time. Because everyone has their issues. Everyone is thinking about their issues before they think of yours. But it's important because even if you are not personally encouraged, you don't encourage yourself in the Lord, it doesn't matter how many words people come to speak to you. You won't take it. Because you are discouraged in your spirit and you have decided that you are discouraged and I will be discouraged and I am discouraged. Why has this happened to me? Why this and why that? You are not allowing that encouragement. I remember a long time ago, Reverend used to say something to me. He said that he made up his mind on the day, may God bless the souls of his daughters, that he lost his daughters. So he made up his mind a few days later because he realized that people were not even allowing him to mourn. An old lady called him and said, Reverend, um, number one, sorry about your loss. He said, thank you very much. They said, huh, I have a trouble. My son is giving me problems. Then he said, Madam, please, I'm, in not, I'm not in any good condition. Stay to talk. I just lost my daughter. He said, I know. That's why I first of all began by telling you sorry. <laughs> and, said, and she went back. And you know, I'm telling you that my son, they said, Mom, please. And he said, I know you are bereaved. But you see, Pastor, then she said, Pastor, that means that you're a pastor. So stop talking about your grief and listen to my own and sort me out. <laughs> he said, back and forth, back and forth. He said, I give up. He said, tell me your trouble. You tell me your trouble. And she, he listened to her trouble and prayed for her. And it made him even feel better. But you see, he realized that there, there are certain things in life that if you don't encourage yourself, nobody has mercy on you. You must encourage yourself in the Lord. You must encourage yourself in the Lord. Whatever comes your way, there's something that you need to tell yourself. From the word of God, you need to speak to your soul. And that's one thing I love about the man David. He often spoke to his soul. He said, my soul, why are you disquieted within me? He said, hope that in the Lord, who is the help of your countenance and your God. So why are you disquieted, my soul? Calm down. Sometimes you need to tell yourself, calm down. Sometimes you need to tell yourself, Nana, stop crying. You need to speak to yourself. I speak to myself a lot. God's a pastor, in fact. No mercy for the cripple. People don't have time for your woes. Well, a few people, yeah. But most often, people don't have time for your woes. They get over it. So I have to encourage myself in the Lord. So that I think, after all, God has done this. God did this and God did that. So why can't he do this? Oh, come on. Let me move on. You understand? You must come to the place in life where you need to encourage yourself in the Lord. David encouraged himself in the Lord. And he called for Abitha, the high priest, bring the effort. And let me seek God. Unto God will I commit my cause. 
seek God and prosper. He said, bring the ephod. God, that time, that was the medium by which they asked God for, um, you know, I said, yes or no. And he, when they brought, he said, God, should I pursue these people who have come to steal from me? Will I overtake them? Will, 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 will I get them? Will I get my, my family back? God said, rise up, pursue, and you surely recover all. And upon the word of God, he jumped and he ran to pursue. You see, oftentimes, the reason why we pray, in fact, one of the reasons why we pray is to get an answer. But the answer often comes in the wisdom that God will give to us. The reason why we don't prevail sometimes is because we are not listening to the instruction, to the prayer. People think that when we pray, that the things fall from the sky, boom, like that. Sometimes it's wisdom. When you pray, you get the mind, do this. And when you follow that path, then your breakthrough comes. May we learn to listen for the instruction of God. And not just to hear it, but also to obey it. Because when God said, get up, pursue, you will surely recover all. He didn't sit down and twiddle his thumbs and say, oh God, are you sure? God, are you really sure? But I don't know whether to go east or west, north or south. Lord, are they going to down the plain? Have they gone up the mountain? That's what we do. But he got up and he started going. Where he didn't know. But as he was going, as he was going, as you are moving on, as you are going on, even in spite of the challenges, keep on moving on. Don't stop, don't stop, don't stop. Am I talking to somebody? Don't stop. Because the enemy wants to stop you. That's why some of you will become you know, a recluse. You are stuck in your trouble. You don't move. He said, keep on moving on. As he was going, God allowed him to, or God brought into him, to him a, a young Egyptian boy. And he asked, have you seen this? Oh, I saw them going that way. May God give us divine direction. May God give us counsel in our challenges. May God give us direction in our troubles. Oh, my time is up. But listen to this. And when he followed, truly he got to the people, he beat them by the strength of God. And he took his wives, his children, and everything else. And Bible says that David recovered all. He and his men, they recovered everything that they had stolen from them. May God give you recovery. May God bring you to the place of divine recovery for everything you have lost, for everything that is broken, for every challenge in your life, whatever has even been destroyed. God is able to recover. I pray for divine recovery for every one of you. Restoration of your peace, recovery of your joy in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray that may God restore your health. Oh, Jesus, may God restore health unto you. I will restore health unto you, and I will heal you of all your wounds, says the Lord. May God restore your health. May God restore you financially. Everything you have lost, even if you are in debt, may the God who is a debt-canceling God and a debt-paying God, may he bring you to the place of recovery. Ah, he said the silver is his and the gold is his. He said he knows where he has put the vein for silver in the earth. He knows where he has put the vein for gold. May God who sees the whole earth and knows where there are gold deposits and diamond deposits and books and deposits, may he bring you to the place of restoration and recovery of every wealth, of every money that you have lost in any way. In the mighty name of Jesus. Recovery. David recovered all. He took back everything that had been stolen from him. He took his family back. This one, I pray that if the challenge is with your family, may the grace of God enable you to take back your family. If it's your marriage that is on the rocks, I pray this morning that may the God who restores bring restoration to that marriage. You know something? There's a difference, I keep on telling you, between restoration and repair. 
And yesterday I had a prime experience. I was going to a funeral. I wore my black um, cast-off dress. And as I was going to the car, I saw something at the side. Oop! There was a tear. You must have said he didn't burn the dress. I thank God for him. He didn't burn the dress. He is my son. But, I mean, it was burned. You could see the iron thing, and you could see a slit, a hole. And I was, was Minister Phoebe. I said, Minister Phoebe, never mind, let's go. But I don't have time to go back and change. I'll be late. So I sat in the car, and I always keep, you know, a sewing kit in my car. So I said, let's do the black thread for me. And I sat there, and I started sewing. I sewed it, and you know something? I'm going to tell you, I don't even think about sewing. I tried. But when I finished, I could see the thing there. And I said, I'll cover it with my scarf. It was so, and the hole was not gaping, but there was an evidence that there had been a tear. That is a repair work. But not so God. I said, not so God. To every challenge, God doesn't do repair work. God does restoration. That he fixes it to the point where there's no sign that there was ever a tear. There's no sign that there was ever a burn. There's no sign that there was ever any issue or problem or challenge. I'm talking about overcoming challenging times. Unto God will we commit our cause. And the restorer of the broken walls of our life will bring divine restoration. There will not be a sign. Ah, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There will not even be the smell of smoke upon you that you had been through fire. There will be that total restoration. Hallelujah. To every challenge that you are going through or will go through, because as I said, trouble will always come. Don't let go. Don't let go. David didn't let go of his family. He didn't let go. He refused to let the enemy take what rightfully belongs to him. Some of us are so quick to let go. But you must grit your teeth and be like a bulldog. Hold on tenaciously to what you know God has given you, to what you know belongs to you. Don't let go. I said, don't let go. If you know me, I'm a very tenacious person. If it becomes violence or violence at times, I can be violent. You know, when something, I mean, I'm not letting go. And I mean it. Don't let go. Do not let go what God has given you. Sometimes we let go too quick. Oh, and the doctor has said so. I resign myself to my faith. Really? Really? The doctor himself will tell you that I leave the rest to God. Yes. Don't let go. Hold on tenaciously in faith to what you believe is yours. And trust God. Don't give up on yourself. We give up on ourselves. I can't take it anymore. Never speak those words. Can't take it anymore. Where are they? So I can't take it, and I can't take it. And these are, I found something. People use jargon, the inwards. I'm down, I'm down. Done what? Done what? In 1980, there was nothing like I'm done. Those of you who are a bit old, was there anything like I'm done? I'm in TV, did not say I'm in You are done what? Oh, I walk. That one is a new word. And you just take it. I'm done, and I'm done with, and I walk. Walk away. You don't walk out. You don't walk out. Go away. Oh, come on. Stop that. Tell everyone, stop that. I mean, we are talking about the tangibility of faith. Holding on until you don't have the strength to hold on. And even that, I tell God that God, when I can't hold on anymore, you hold on to me. 
Because there are times where I try to hold on, but my hands are slipping. But you hold on to me. Overcoming in challenges, challenging times. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on your dreams. And finally, don't give up on God. Don't give up on God. Lift up your hands and we worship. We worship you, Lord. Lift up your hands this morning and you worship God. We worship you, Lord. I worship you. Almighty God. God help me. There is none like you. Lift up your voice this morning. I worship you. Oh, Prince of Peace. That is what I love to do. I can play the choir you pray you know the choir also wants to pray everyone in this house has a need 
Ask God. Talk to God. Thank you, Jesus. We cry out unto you, O God. Call upon your name, Jesus. So whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, shall be delivered. This morning we commit into your hands, O God, the challenges in our lives, or the times, the seasons that we find ourselves in. Trusting in you, O God, that Lord, you are more than able. This morning, Lord, we pray that may your bowels of mercy be opened upon your people, O God, as they trust in you, O God, and they ask, O God, Pray, Father, Lord, you grant them the desires of their hearts and the needs of their lives. In this time, oh God, as we humble our souls before you, pray that, Lord, you answer your people, oh God, in the secret place. Hear our cry, oh God, attend unto our prayer. Ah, David said that when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And trust God as you pray this morning. The God who hears and answers prayer, He will answer you and perfect everything that concerns and your family, your family. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise. Finally, pray that Lord grant me overcoming power in every challenge in my life. Grant me the wisdom the knowledge, the ability. Give me divine direction ah, to win in this battle, to win in this case. Help me. Pray for overcoming power. Prevailing power. That is what we are talking about in these days. That is what we are crying out for. Prevailing power. Pray. You are an overcomer. Yes. Through Christ, we have made overcomers. This morning, receive wisdom. May your ears hear his voice behind you say, this is the way, walk in it. May God grant you divine wisdom and understanding to know what to do. To bring your life, to bring you to the place ah, of victory. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, please lift up your hands. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The name that is above every name. The name by which Lord your word says every knee shall bow. And Jesus you said if we ask anything in your name the father will give it to us. I pray over your people this morning. The Lord let your peace come upon every life under the sound of my voice. I pray that Lord let your power overshadow your people. I pray calling for your wisdom. I'm asking my God for divine interventions in the challenges of their lives. I'm praying my God and I ask my God that Lord grant them, oh God, the sanctified desires of their hearts in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray this morning, oh God, that Lord give your people power ah, to run through every troop, to leap over every wall in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. By your mighty hand, oh God, let limitations break, let strongholds break, and let your people come to the place of total deliverance and total restoration. Restore the joy of your people, O oh God. Restore the peace of your people. And above all, let your perfect will be done in their lives. 
In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's word. Connect with us on our website, www.tlgm.org. Get interactive with Apostle on all social media platforms at Apostle Leanne Coffey.